Good morning, I'm Mark. I'm one of the pastors on the team. It is good to be with you this morning. Uh, Today we begin a new series called Disconnected. And I've titled the, the, the sermon or this talk, The Three, The Twelve, and The Seventy-Two. And so if you joined us at all for uh, this Lent series leading up to Easter, we were in a series called Lifeline. And it was all about uh, this connection between God and us and how prayer is this direct uh, connection or opportunity uh, to speak two-way street between God and us. And, and as we move post-Easter into this new series, Disconnected, uh, we're examining how God, in this simple commandment that he says to, to love God and to love others, uh, that part of loving others is being connected with one another. And I'm particularly uh, excited about this new series because much of it has been crafted by our students. Uh, we, a couple weeks ago, had an opportunity during one of our youth nights to, uh, to just kind of take some, uh, t- some brainstorming and some polls of um, what students think is most important to talk about with regards to relationships. And so, as you can imagine, we got some really good answers. Uh, we got some really deep answers. We got some very silly answers. But we got some answers that really helped us shape uh, this series particularly about friendships, about conflict, dating. What does it look like to be in a toxic relationship? And how do I communicate better in my relationships? And so uh, we as a team have had conversation about, okay, if we're going to talk about um, being in relationship and not being disconnected, uh, we want to try a couple things throughout the next several weeks. And so this is just our first time. Uh, we want to make it very comfortable. So um, I'm going to throw up a question here on the screen. You're only going to have uh, two minutes to turn to somebody next to you. You can just say a simple hi and then come back to what you're doing. Or you can choose to use this one simple prompt uh, to connect with others around you. So for my introverts, I know this is like the worst thing ever. The extroverts are like, finally, we're going back to it, right? Let's go. Um, and so I, we named that. We realized that. But you just got two minutes. Turn to somebody next to you. I feel like I'm on a Tuesday night youth group. Just turn to somebody next to you. You can share this question. You can just say hi. And then we'll come all back together in two minutes. Go for it. All right, I'd like to invite us back together. Uh, thank you for, uh, for engaging. If that was the worst part of your morning, I'm sorry. Uh, but we will continue to, uh, to prioritize relationships through the series. Look at all these extroverts. Look at all these extroverts, right? Like, don't stop. Yeah, thank you. Uh, well, if you do have your Bible with you this morning, either turn to it or you can get it on your phone. Um, we are going to be in the Gospel of Luke this morning, and uh, particularly Luke chapters 9 and 10. We're going to be students of uh, the book of Luke, Luke this morning. And so um, I want to uh, I first start in Luke chapter 10, beginning at verse 1 and 2. Would you hear these words from Luke chapter 10? After this, the Lord appointed 72 others. And sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his, the harvest field. Would you pray with me? Lord, we wait upon you this morning. We know that you have gone before us into this place, and we desire to hear from you this morning, God. Would you speak through me? Would you speak through the words that you prepared? 
And God, would they draw us into deeper relationship with you and deeper relationship with one another in our world? God, may we hear from you this morning. We ask these things in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. So, um, if we, if we had like, uh, a, um, thesis or a really one specific thing that we want to explore throughout this uh, entire series, it's simply this. When we're connected to God, we're better connected to one another. But really, when we think about the ways in which we experience connection, um, oftentimes maybe it's in social groups or at church or uh, maybe on a team or at school if we have friends or in different hobby groups that we have, Pokemon Go at the park, right? That is a, there's connection there. But really, when we think about uh, the relationships and the connection that we have, um, we are better connected to one another. And as Christians, we believe when we're best or most connected to God. However, oftentimes we feel as if we are everything but connected. We feel as if though life is full of disconnection. And really, when you're disconnected, you're lost. When I am disconnected, I'm lost. When we are disconnected, we are lost. And we don't have to look far for examples of deeply painful realities of being disconnected in our marriages. The struggles of maybe living together and raising kids together and, and yet we couldn't feel further apart from our spouse. Or in friendships that have been fractured because of pain or distrust or something that was said or done to you years ago or coworkers or teams where frustrations have left you feeling betrayed. I don't have to name all the different hurt that particularly is even in this room that has come from the church, a feeling as if the body of Christ, people in our own very church have been sources of deep pain and deep struggle and disconnection. We live in an incredibly polarized world. And yet there's one thing that every person across the political spectrum and uh, most social groups would say that there's something wrong and broken about this world. There's a disconnect between what is and what should be. Every religion, generation, government has attempted to answer this question, how do we fix what is broken about our world? Or in other words, how do we reconnect what has been disconnected. As followers of Jesus, we believe that Jesus is not only the Lord of our lives and the Savior of our lives, but also that he shows us the best way to live. Because we believe in a gospel that is big enough for every single aspect of our lives. We believe in a gospel that brings hope, that brings light. We carry a gospel that is full of justice in connecting the things that have been disconnected in our world. And so this morning I want us to, to dwell really on just one simple invitation. It's this framework. And, and Jesus was, uh, was no, by no means this, like, this business expert mind with this perfect A to Z st- uh, step of what it means to be connected. And yet he was very intentional in the ways in which he gave us a framework of what it means to be connected, to be in relationship. And that is of the three, the twelve, and the seventy-two. And the key about this image 
It is, it's this network of relationships that goes out from not you at the center, but as followers of Jesus, holding Christ at the center of our relationships and allowing Christ to be the one that permeates the influences that shapes every relationship that we have. The three, the twelve, and the seventy-two. And so as we, uh, as we look at this, this scripture, and as we look at the ways in which the 72 um, were ones that, uh, that initially in the Gospel of Luke, um, were ones sent out by Jesus to go carry out his message, right? And the thing about uh, the power of God is that God could have done what he wanted to do without his people, and yet he chose to work through people to carry out his mission. And so the 72 is like this big network of relationships, particularly um, uh, the church for us, right? We're this framework of relationships that's a broad sense of, of relationships, a broad network of relationships that is on mission together. So again, as followers of Jesus, we, as the body of Christ, as the church, we are the 72. And it's a little bit of an arbitrary number, right? But it's still this big picture framework of the the 72 being sent out to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Not with uh, me or you or us at the center, but Christ at the center being what sends us out, just as we see in the Gospel of Luke. We're sent out because Jesus chose to work through us. And in their sending, they found community. They found belonging. They found connection. And so when you're connected to the 72, you belong to something bigger. I I think if there's a question that I hear so often uh, with students, and and truthfully I think for most of us, if not all of us, continue to ask this question of, of where do I belong? Whether we know it or not unconsciously, we're constantly seeking belonging and affinity of things that we like to do or, or don't like, the teams that we like, we don't like, the music, whatever it is that we're constantly seeking belonging. Uh, just this last Thursday, we uh, once a year have the opportunity to, to host Capernaum's Got Talent. It's a ministry of young life, uh, and we put on this talent show for our friends all across our community with all different ability levels to just showcase and celebrate them, and it is truly a picture of heaven on earth um, because all of these friends all across our community come to this place once a month on a Thursday night or particularly to this show once a year to find people who celebrate them, who don't judge them, who hold their lives and their stories as something sacred. And it's just displayed on a talent show. Um, and, and the thing about Capernaum uh, that I, I've loved getting to be involved in that is it's, it's really something that to me allows me to to explore even my own deepest longing, of of desiring to belong to something and to someone and to something bigger, right? And and whether we know it or not, whether we name it or not, whether we recognize it or not, we desire to be people who belong to something. Anybody with me this morning? That you desire to feel like you're belonging to something, that you're part of something bigger. And and as Christians, we, we affirm that we are because Jesus has called us to partner with him through the power of the Holy Spirit to be the hands and feet of Christ. So within this framework, Jesus sent out the 72, but he also had his 12, 
right? He had his 12 disciples, those people that he lived life with daily, that were closer than just the 72 or the people that he sent out. Those ones that were life on life, those ones that um, he, uh, he desired to pour into and, and really um, poured into him in relationship in um, desiring to share meals or whatever that is. And so, um, for, uh, for us in, in Seattle, this, uh, this number 12 has a different significance, right? And so we're not talking about this, uh, this 12. And yet, it's really this, only, this, uh, this perfect example of how we as uh, human beings de- uh, desire to, to belong, right? And side note, that 12, it's like the best marketing scheme of the entire universe, marketing strategy. Because all you do, I'm bitter still because I'm a, a Broncos fan and I'm still waiting for that trade that we did last year to pan out. But really as 12s, right, like you just sit on the couch or at, in the stadium and eat nachos and yell and you think that you like are making a difference, which you are. Keep going, okay? You are. <laughs> Do that. It's okay, Colorado sports, we got the better of you last night with the Kraken, right? So it's all good. It's all good. Uh, But we look at the 12 and we look at the intentional time that Jesus invested in the people that he was with. And so uh, follow me with with the scripture in in Luke again. Um, And we're looking at the ways in which the 12 were ones that Jesus poured into and lived life with. When Jesus had called the 12 together, he gave them the power and authority to drive out all demons, to cure diseases, and he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. He told them, take nothing for the journey. No staff, no bag, no bread, no money, no extra shirt. Whatever house you enter, stay there until you leave that town. If people do not welcome you, leave their town and shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. So they set out and went from village to village, proclaiming the good news and healing people everywhere. The thing about the twelve being in relationship with Jesus is that it took an incredible amount of trust that Jesus would provide to do what he said he would do. And yet that is what's cultivated with the twelve. Trust. When you're connected to the twelve, there's trust. And for us, when we think about what it means to be part of the Twelve or to be in relationship with the Twelve, we think about those that, that, that know us well, that we live life with constantly, in close proximity, with intentionality. I think about the ways in which, uh, when Lauren and I first moved here, uh, we uh, knew nobody, right? And uh, just disclaimer, there's like not very many people in their mid-20s who live on the plateau that don't have kids, right? And so we were like super isolated, right? We didn't have a whole ton of community. And yet, uh, we started to join one of uh, the the life groups that that was offered at Pine Lake. There was an intergenerational uh, life group. It was called Rinks and Dinks. Retired income, no kids, and dual income, no kids, right? And so it was this really cool uh, life group because it was multi-generational with all different walks of life, but we began to meet, had very little in common at, at, at the beginning, and yet felt like we had this affinity of trust and of reliance on one another when we started to share life. And, and truthfully, like post-COVID 
and throwing in a, a kid that would never in a million years sit around a table to have life group. Like, we don't have that right now in our lives, right? Like, Lauren has opportunities to connect in mops, and uh, I have this, these deep relationships with our youth leaders, but, but, like, that's something that, if I'm honest, we're craving, we're longing for. Families, people to live life with, to do life with in a way that models this vision of the twelve. When you're connected to the twelve, there's trust, and it cultivates trust. And so we get to the three. We get to this inner circle, this inner circle of, of intimate relationships that Jesus cultivated. And um, the, the thing about the three is there is more than just life on life. It's sharing life in vulnerabilities. It's sharing life in a way that demands a lot from you, but offers so much to your sister or brother. I think the, the thing that we've learned about life in the last couple of years is that, that um, particularly through COVID, that technology has given us this gift of, of staying connected, right? But if I'm really honest with you, and if we're really honest with ourselves, that I think there's something about this false sense of deep connection if your three are elsewhere than just in close proximity. Because there's this framework that can begin to develop where um, if, if your three are in a different part of the country or distance, you can kind of start to filter your life. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, you can kind of start to share the things that you want to and, and maybe keep those things that, that you don't want to share a little bit closer to yourself. And yet, when you're in close proximity to people, when you're living alongside your three, there's this sense of intimacy. There's this sense of, of vulnerability. There's this sense of sharing life at the deepest levels of relationship. And, and clearly, for Jesus, it was Peter, James, and John, and, and he had these experiences of, of going up um, to, uh, to, to the mountain to pray, and he would take his, his three, right? And they would go off, and they would just be together. Uh, I think about in Luke chapter 9 with the transfiguration and how uh, Jesus invited Peter, James, and John to come up, and he sat with them, uh, and he allowed them to experience Moses and Elijah being up on the mountain with Jesus, this, this really powerful connection between the Old Testament and the New Testament, and invited Peter, James, and John to come in. You notice that he didn't invite the twelve to, to that, and he definitely didn't invite the seventy-two. It was this, this sense of close proximity, close relationship that he wanted to share with the three. When you're connected to the three, there's a sense of intimacy. There's a sense of vulnerability. There's a posture of desiring to share life with one another. And so when you, when you think about this, this network or this, uh, these three circles of relationship, um, when you're connected, there's, uh, there's this sense of, of being, uh, there's a sense of belonging to something. There's this, this posture of trust and intimacy, right? When you're connected in these three circles, in this framework of relationships that Jesus gives us, there is belonging, there's trust, there's intimacy, right? It, it's clear in the way that Jesus offered this model as a framework for relationship. But so often, for myself, and maybe you can relate to this, I experience the opposite. I experience much more isolation or fear or despair. 
And the the thing about these two uh, lists being juxtaposed is that for some of us, like, that maybe has been a, a significant part of your life story or part of your life experience where you've felt disconnected, where you've been isolated, where you've been away from others that have kept you from deep relationship. But, but maybe for some of us that these experiences of disconnection could even be day by day or, or possibly even moment by moment, where we're choosing fear or we're choosing to isolate ourselves instead of remaining with the people that love us, that God has put in us in relationship with to be this framework of relationship. You can experience deep longing and belonging, full trust and intimacy through Jesus. Right? That Christ gives us this framework of relationship. And yet, you can experience belonging trust, and intimacy, and still be totally lost. I can experience belonging, trust, and intimacy, and still be totally lost. When I'm disconnected, I'm lost. But when I have this false sense of community, I can experience the same type of distance. When you're disconnected, you're lost. When we are disconnected, we're lost. Jesus had much to say about being lost. And truly, that is the hope that we cling to in this framework of relationships. That is the hope that we cling to in being people that have the 72 and the 12 and the 3 that Jesus said so much about being lost. Hear this, these words from Luke chapter 15. It says, Then Jesus told this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one to them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Maybe you know this story. Maybe you've seen the paintings of this story. Maybe this image is one that, that maybe you're not unfam- that you're unfamiliar with. And yet, constantly, if there is an identity that God desires for us to live into, it's to be his sheep that follow him. And yet, so often, we not only stray from him, but we stray from this network of relationships from the three, the twelve, and the seventy-two that God has offered us to live into fullness of relationship. We start maybe with the close proximity of Christ and our three in the center, and, and yet there's seasons of our lives where we drift or we move away from God because we've been hurt in relationship. And maybe we have every reason to feel that way, and yet when we're disconnected, we're lost. The good news that we live and that we get to embody is that we do not have a God who leaves us lost and leaves us wandering. We have a God who continues to call us back to true identity and to true relationship. A God who desires for us to not be lost. When we're connected to God, we're better connected to one another. 
Very simply, when we are connected, we are found. And so my invitation for us this morning is, uh, for the next several weeks, we'll be exploring this series of disconnected. My simple invitation for us this morning is to begin to name the framework of relationship that we are all in. Maybe you chose to come here for the very first time and you don't even know what it means to be part of the 72. I think uh, you, can't, you chose a, a good morning because we were having a newcomer brunch literally right after this service downstairs to get to know a little bit more about who Pine Lake Covenant Church is. Maybe you are in a spot similar to, to truly Lauren and I where you've had deep 12 or deep life groups or deep life on life in, in the past and yet you're just longing for that in this season of life. Or maybe you are in a spot where you just need those people that you can lean on, that you can trust, that can be your three, where you can, whatever life throws at you, you can rely on. And as we explore and continue to explore this series of being disconnected, may we be reminded that we have a God who constantly is seeking us and are drifting and are, uh, and are following, falling away to bring us back to the center, to being centered on Christ. Would you join me in prayer? Jesus, we do desire for you to be at the center of our lives. God, in the midst of everything else that is going on in our lives, our responsibilities, our relationships, God, that we desire for you to be at the center of our lives. God, would you begin to stir in each of us this desire to be reconnected, first even with you, God, if we feel far from you, that we would know that you are a God who calls us to reconnection in relationship with you. And Lord, may we be a church, may we be a community that is deeply connected as the body, as 72, as people that do life on life, those that share the most exciting parts of life, but the most intimate and the most heartbreaking, God. I just pray that for everyone in this room, listening online, Lord, those deepest longings of reconnection and relationship, God, that, that we would just name those before you. And God, that you would come in and be the center of our lives. We ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.